Hey guys, so before I jump on with Bill Brady, the CEO of Trumi Wireless, I wanted to let you know that I am not affiliated with Trumi. I'm simply trying to help you parents figure out how to give your kid a phone safely. Bill shared a ton of personal stories about his experience raising five kids, and I think you guys are really going to relate to this conversation. I walked away from it with a ton of clarity around what the next few years looks like for my kids and phones. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to Scrolling to Death. I'm Nikki, and today I'm joined by Bill Brady, CEO and co-founder of Trumi Wireless, a mobile phone platform designed to improve kids' mental health through a safe and balanced relationship with technology. So hi, Bill. Thank you for being here. Hey, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I can't wait to learn more about your product and and talk more about the space. So let's back up a little and talk about the fact that the internet itself was not created with kids in mind, but over time, we sort of started letting our kids into our online spaces, right? And where we've landed ourselves is in a time where children and teenagers are more lonely than ever, more depressed than ever, even more suicidal than ever. And now with the astronomical rise of AI and digital privacy issues, the risks around technology is insurmountable, really. And parents all over the world are tasked with the challenge of preparing our kids to use technology safely. So lucky for parents like me, companies like Trumi are innovating to create products that are more appropriate for our younger age group. I assume this is a difficult task, but a really important one. So I'm interested to start off with what brought you to work in the space. Well, fantastic question. And, you know, as kind of overarching context, I'm a dad of five kids myself. You know, our oldest is 19 and our youngest is seven. Oh, wow. So my wife and I are in the thick of it with, you know, all the other parents in America grappling with these questions. And it's kind of this, this dichotomy, right? We realize that in order to succeed in the future, mm-hmm. technology is a tool that kids have to know how to use. Yep. But in the short term, it's it's that question of that we thought of as parents from the from the start is what's the right amount of technology? What's age appropriate? How do we help our kids learn to use technology without making technology the default, without making screens the default for how they live their lives? And mm-hmm. I think Heidi and I, for whatever reason, we're always very sensitive about that from the start, probably going back to some of the work I did in university studying the effects of technology on humans. Oh, wow. Uh, but also really as a, as a marketer, I spent the last 20 years as a marketer and seeing behind the scenes uh, mm-hmm. at the power of some of the technologies that are used you know, for mobile devices and on the internet and just having this extra Mm -hmm. sensitivity and realizing, uh, let's put this off. Let's, (laughs) let's make sure that our kids are getting what they need without all the stuff they don't need. Absolutely. So we have a similar uh, trajectory. I was in marketing for over a decade. I had my own social media marketing business. So I've kind of done a 180 and I was able to see behind the scenes of how you can manipulate people's decisions through social media and technology and then started having children as well and kind of took offense to it all and was thinking, how is this affecting me negatively and how can I teach my kids about how to use this safely? So Thank you for that background. And um, I wonder if we could talk about social media for a minute and then kind of get into the smartphone technology. I'd love your opinion on some of these topics. So 
a big question parents have is when can I introduce or when should I introduce social media to my kids? And recently, the new Meta whistleblower, I'm not sure if you saw those articles. Oh, yeah. His name is Arturo Behar. So he uh, he shared for the listeners that Meta had been hiding uh, reports about the rates of sexual advances happening to young girls on Instagram. And so I reached out to Arturo to ask him, should we even be giving our teenagers Instagram or what age should our kids get Instagram? And he said, so I'll quote, uh, not the younger teens. I don't think Instagram is safe for a 13 to 15 year old at a minimum in terms of the content and the people they get exposed to. You know, and I'm I'm very, very afraid for my children to be introduced to social media. Luckily, they're all eight and under, so I have a bit of time here. But yeah. I wonder from your experience with your wide range of the ages of your children, what are your thoughts about kids and teens on social media? So that's one of the lines that, uh, that Heidi and I draw as parents. Uh, it's also one of the lines that we draw in, in Trumi. Um, mm. There are the obvious risks that, that parents think of when it comes to kids in tech. You know, right. inappropriate content, uh, predators and bullies. And most parents would, would, would say, yeah, I don't want my kids anywhere near that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and we see, though, that social media is leading to some of those, those things. Yeah. Bullying happens on social media now. Predators happen on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for those reasons alone, like Arturo said, be absolutely cautious and, and postpone yeah. that, that decision. But on top of those obvious concerns that most parents share, it's the, it's the, the, the less obvious risks and dangers. It's mm-hmm. the, if my child is on social media three, four hours a day, and all they're doing mm-hmm. is comparing their life to other people's lives and their body image to other people's bodies, it's a downward spiral. It's not healthy. Yeah. And, and right. we see these rising rates of stress, anxiety, and depression. And the statistics are off the chart. When you look yeah. at the, 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 it's an epidemic of, of mental health crisis among our, our youth. And social media is the, the, one of the main drivers uh, of that. So where do I draw the line? Uh, I'll give you an example from our family. My 19-year-old daughter uh, didn't have Instagram until she was almost 18. That's how serious we are about it. Uh, I just don't want my kids hanging out there when they could be hanging out face-to-face and having all the positive interactions that happen in person and not all the, the distractions and garbage that comes through social media. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that personal experience. A lot of people I think are hesitant to share exactly when they gave their kids social media. And uh, I spoke with a mom a few weeks ago that didn't give her kids social media until they were 18, but she also had some regrets about not preparing them appropriately for the dangers that could exist and the addictiveness of the platforms. And so once her kids got social media at 18, they sort of went way overboard with it. So do you have any tips on how parents, even if they do wait, how to prepare their kids to use it responsibly? Yes. And I think it has to do with the the conversation that you're having along the way. Because it's very difficult as a parent, when it comes to anything, just to be, no, you know, we're not doing that. You know, it, yeah. that, that's a different conversation than, you know, we're going to wait on social media and here's why. In, in mm-hmm. involving the kids in the, in the conversation about your concerns and even sharing. I, I actually share with my kids when, when there are news stories that come out that talk about the dangers 
I'll share that with my kids who are older. We'll look at it mm-hmm. and read it together so they understand why why we have that that rule in our house. And so they're learning along the way. Mm-hmm. And because they're involved in that why discussion, it's not driving a wedge in our relationship. That my, my daughter, who's 19, uh, her name's Becca. And mm-hmm. honestly, we've never had a shouting match. Uh, and even in regard to social media, it, you know, th- th- were there times that she said, hey, is it time? All my friends have mm-hmm. it. Is it is, do you think it's time yet? We had those conversations, but it never turned into this contentious relationship because she understood why. She actually came to us at one point and said, thank you. Thank you for for making me wait because I see all the stuff my friends are going through and I'm glad not to be involved in it. That's incredible. And and I think because you and your wife educated yourselves on the risks and were able to speak intelligently about it, even at her age level at any point. And that's one of the main goals at Scrolling to Death here is to help parents be able to back it up when they say no and help relate to their kids because the, because I said so is no longer a thing. (laughs) And and especially, I mean, that's never been a popular approach, but this generation of kids, even more so, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the Gen Z kids uh, are very fiercely independent and, yeah. you know, very knowledgeable on all kinds of things. And, and the more we can involve them in understanding why, the better. Not just, I'm the parent and I said so. doesn't work. Right. <laughs> no. So let's move from social media use to phone use. So, you know, as parents are trying to figure out when to give social media to their kids, they're also trying to figure out when to give their kids a phone. Like you mentioned earlier, our kids will need a, to learn how to use a phone and sort of required to function in, as an adult in our society. And Lots of parents ask me, when should my kid get a phone? So I'll just generically turn that question over to you. So it really, it really is a question that's got to be answered on a child-by-child basis. Frankly, even within families, I think it's a child-by-child basis based on their, their needs, their, their, mm-hmm. their actual practical needs, and on their maturity yeah. level. And, uh, yeah. you know, every child is different. Um, we definitely see that age coming down because so few households have a, a home phone anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're going to have kids babysitting either your other kids or out babysitting another family's kids, they've got to have a they've got to have a device. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, schools having the expectation of kids using the the digital digital learning platforms and stuff. And that that age is becoming yeah. younger and younger. Kind of the guideline I give is to really be intentional about it and, and look at your child's specific needs and mm-hmm. whether or not a phone is, is necessary or not. I have an 11-year-old who does not have a phone. I look at the things he's doing in his life and he's he's playing football and he loves to go camping and hiking and he carves sticks and he builds campfires. And, and I just look at that and I think, yeah, he needs to learn how to use technology and he can have some of those experiences now on other devices. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you give a child a phone, you've got to be ready for managing that, that relationship between the child and the phone. And, you know, there are devices that make that easier for sure. But uh, it's still it's still something you've got to be v- very intentional about. Yeah. Uh, in in figure out what's right for that child's maturity level. 
Absolutely. And I've reviewed a lot of these phones. So I've reviewed the Trimmy phone and Bark and Pinwheel. And they all promote the product as kid safe. And we'll talk about, I think you have a kid safe technology trademark. I love these products and I love that we have the option of giving a stripped down phone to our kids. I just, I have a hard time understanding the benefit of giving a, a kid, a, you know, preteen before the teen years a phone. And you, you probably know a lot of the research that, you know, excessive screen time at those younger ages can negatively affect their development, cause obesity or poor physical health. Yeah expose them to cyberbullying and inappropriate content. So, and for example, like you shared with your son being 11, not really needing a phone. My, my oldest is eight. She's definitely way far away from needing a phone. And I know if I gave it to her now, it would detract from family time, um, cause behavioral issues like parenting struggles. And again, be another thing that I need to manage that I'm not quite ready for. So right. <laughs> are we just meeting a demand that there are parents that want to give their younger kids' phones? Or do we truly believe that there are benefits to giving a kid a phone? There are definitely, there are definitely benefits. Um, I'll give you some examples. You know, so I've got okay. a, a daughter who is in a, um, a choir that rehearses in a larger city from where we are. It's about 45 minutes away. And mm -hmm. uh, so we do a lot of carpooling with, with other families that are, you know, have kids in the choir. Well, there mm -hmm. was, uh, there was a, a night where they got out of a rehearsal late. It was winter. It was dark. It was cold. And here she mm -hmm. is on the steps of a building outside. And the family that she was going home with forgot her. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and this, is before, this is before she had a, before she had a phone. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was absolutely terrified. And we didn't have any way of understanding the situation had it not been for a, an, an observant mom, someone that we knew who, who, who saw our daughter and was just mm -hmm. thought, hey, I better make sure that she's okay. Yeah. Our daughter would have been stranded there and, you know, may or may not have come around to, hey, I just need to find a, someone I trust or even a stranger and ask to use their phone. Right. And, and you know, so that's one of the first, that's one of the first needs that comes up is a child who is starting to have some independence and you just need that, that lifeline in, in just a, just a, a connection ability that way. Mm -hmm. But in those scenarios, if that's the first step, that's all you need to give them. Yes. Good. Yeah. Let them talk and text, but they don't need everything else. And so ideally you're giving them a solution where you can graduate them into additional functionality as their actual needs and maturity improve or increase, I should say. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, the benefits. Um, I think of learning opportunities. Uh, you know, my kids recently were involved in a tour of Jamestown mm -hmm. uh, with a, a docent at Jamestown. And they were, you know, able to, to have this, this connection on their, on their devices. And it was a, a phenomenal learning opportunity, again, that was purposeful, intentional. Mm -hmm. and, and the phone is still set up in a way for them where as they need that kind of functionality, they can have it, but it's, it, it's not giving them everything and saying, hey, just make this phone the default for how you spend your time. Because we don't want that. Right. We, we absolutely don't want technology to be the default approach to life. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, for, for a kid at any age. 
Yeah, and so I think it's important for parents to understand that that the Trimi phone and similar phones allow you to strip it down completely. So you don't have to give them really any apps besides messaging, correct? If you just need it to get a hold of them. Absolutely. Okay. Yep, that's that's one of the that's one of the benefits of a uh, one of the phones in the kids safe category is you know being able to give a younger a younger child the very very minimum and uh, and give an older child what they need. Yeah, and so it can grow with the child and you can slowly push more functionality and apps over to the to the phone. And teach them as they go. You know, so before you right. introduce that next stage of functionality, it's it's training them on, you know, the responsibility that comes with that, your expectations for the discipline they'll use with that. Your mm-hmm. you know, an understanding of the role that you play as the parent in in mm-hmm. giving them that that uh, that the availability to that technology. Yeah. We just have a whole new set of responsibilities as parents these days in preparing our children for technology. And it's a time-consuming thing to have to take on. In introducing these phones, we need to be managing what they're having access to, who they're communicating with. I know that you can, as parents within the parent portal, you can approve contacts. And one pain point with giving your kid a phone is it does increase the chance of cyberbullying. Whether or not they're on social media, just within text messaging, I had one mom share with me. She her ten year old had a phone. It wasn't a kid save phone, but she was communicating on text message with other ten year olds and getting access to some scary videos and some inappropriate things. So if if I give my kid a, a Trimi phone, for example, and I l- allow her to communicate with friends, how would I monitor for cyberbullying? Fantastic. So for, first of all, especially for a younger, a younger child, but frankly, I even do this with my 14-year-old. You know, I'm aware as my 14-year-old adds a contact, that contact gets approved by me mm-hmm. or my wife. And, and we can have a conversation with her and say, hey, you just added Sally or Michael or whomever. Uh, tell us about this person. And, you know, we get to some understanding of who those contacts are. And so inherently the phone is safer because she's only communicating with people that we've approved. Right. Literally, if someone's not on her contact list, they can't, a call or a text cannot come through. No random bullies, no predators. They cannot reach your child. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it is a possibility that someone even who has been approved as a contact could get into some bullying behavior. Yeah. So what we did is we created um, right inside our parent portal, something we call uh, a remote text viewer. So from right inside the parent portal, you can read all your kids' text messages. And your kids should know that. It's not a secret. It's not something we hide from mm-hmm. them. And in, even if a child receives a message that's uncomfortable for them and they they let's say they did get a, a message that was not kind, they could erase that on their phone, but it's still going to show up inside the parent portal. So, okay. you know, we don't, we don't spend hours and hours doing this, but, you know, yeah. Heidi and I do go through uh, our kids' messages and just take a look and make sure that everything's going okay. And if there's ever anything that seems off, then it's a great opportunity and learning moment to sit down with the child and say, hey, tell us about this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you said this or they said that. Tell us what tell us tell us more about that. And if there's a if there's a learning opportunity that needs to happen, it's a it's an easy conversation. 
Yeah, and I definitely will in the future be reviewing what's going on on my child's phone. But there are therapists and people that I've talked to that recommend that we don't do that so much as parents, that it breaks the trust between the parent-child. So have you heard that? And what would you kind of respond with? I fundamentally disagree with it. You know, I think I think it could break trust if you were keeping it as a secret. Mm-hmm. But I have a very different paradigm. Like when I give my child a phone, I'm not giving them a phone. I'm letting them use a phone. Very different paradigm. Mm-hmm. And so I can I'll say to to I have a 14 year old daughter right now. And so Ainsley, here this phone is for you to use. Um, and she understands that having that phone is a privilege mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, with the privilege comes responsibility and the need to, to be disciplined. And she knows from the start, um, hey, because we care about your safety, mom and I are going to, you know, we can see your text messages. Yeah. And so that's part of the relationship. It's part of the, 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 the social contract from the beginning, if you will. So there's no trust issue there. In fact, our child knows, hey, mom and dad care enough that they're, they're going to help me make sure that I'm safe in, the, in this process. I could see the trust issue argument if you were spying, if the kid didn't know that you could, uh, that you could see things. And it was this attitude of, I'm, gonna, I'm watching and I'm looking for the gotcha moment. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna. You're gonna be in trouble. Yeah. if if you do something inappropriate. Yeah, the shaming and all of that. Completely different paradigm. Yeah, I can see that for sure. You can give this, the stripped down phone as an introduction with just communication. And I saw that Trumi recently announced a partnership with Explora, so as a creator of, of smartwatches. So, can you tell me what need you're filling with with watch products? Yeah, you know, we have uh, a lot of families, uh, you know, whose kids are using Trumi devices, mm-hmm. and but they have some of the same philosophy that I do, that uh, they recognize the, the, the need and the benefit for uh, a safe uh, smartphone experience at the right time. Mm-hmm. But for their younger kids, they, they, they don't need that. They just need a simple, hey, mom, um, I missed the bus. Can you come get me? Or, hey, mom or dad, mm-hmm. uh, I'm at Johnny's house. Whatever those little check-in moments are or the ability to see where they are on a, on, a, on a map. And so for younger kids, there are a lot of parents that are just looking for that minimal functionality. So we introduced this, this partnership with Explora. Explora is one of the world's best-selling smartwatches ever. And so we've introduced this, this partnership to give our families with littles, younger kids, mm-hmm. the ability yeah. to give them a, a very, very, very safe first device. I love that opportunity. So I did review the Gizmo watch, have it here. I noticed that this watch does way more than I would want it to do. It has front-facing camera. It can, you you know, encouraging selfies and video chatting. What's your perspective on like, how far are we going to go with these watches? Will they eventually just become mini phones with almost all the same functionality that Phones have are they are is your intention just to have it be a stepping stone in the journey to get a phone? Yeah, absolutely, just a stepping stone. So you know you can have any, any contact, any person communicating into the watch has to be approved, mm-hmm. and um, so so a child is not sending or receiving texts or or calls from anyone that's not on 
on that contact list. Mm-hmm. There is, a, you know, a, a small camera, you know, it's a two megapixel mm-hmm. camera, something that kids love, you know, but yeah. is yeah. innocuous because they can't send pictures or receive pictures from people that are, you know, not on their list. And for, if we're talking about a seven-year-old, we're talking mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt and uncle, babysitter, brother, sister. Like we're not talking, a, you know, this big contact list. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's positive in the, the ability to, to be able to send a, a, a voice message. It's not video calling. It's just being able to mm-hmm. record okay. a, a little voice message uh, is probably right. the functionality you're thinking of. Okay. I think with the camera, I worry about my children having access to free access to cameras, although I think it's a good learning opportunity. Uh, one one day I found my phone had been taken and a bunch of photos, nude photos of my own children had they had taken of each other. And I was like, guys, this is you cannot take photos of each other's bodies. It's just yeah. not not an appropriate thing to do. You know, they were like three and four, five and six, somewhere in there. But I think you have to make sure if you're gonna give your kid a something with a camera on it that they understand about privacy and sharing photos. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's true at every stage. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really think there is a, a process of recognizing a need, doing the training, introducing the, the feature, the technology, and then monitoring mm-hmm. and, and making sure that, yeah. you know, it, it is going as planned. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any approach that ever, uh, negates the need we have as parents to be involved. It's part of parenthood. And, and certainly the, the, a safe solution like Trumi makes that infinitely easier. Yeah. But I would never say to a, even to a Trumi parent, Hey, set it and forget it. Here's, you know, safe device. You don't need to worry about it anymore. No, you're still a parent. You're still a parent and you still have to have to be involved, especially in the training, in the training process and, and making sure a child understands, for example, I mean, your example is perfect. You know, as you're moving a child from basic text to picture texting and group texting, Mm -hmm. they've got to learn about sexting and Mm -hmm. why that is absolutely something that we would never do. And, uh, and until you have that confidence that they get it, then yeah, they're not ready for it. So there was a recent report in New Jersey of high school boys that were taking photos of other girls at the high school, clothed photos, mm-hmm. using AI to remove the clothes and then texting them in group text back and forth. If this was something that happened on a Trimmy device, um, is there any functionality to catch that kind of thing or it's parent, parent-led parents need to review for that sort of thing? Fantastic question. And... Um, coming out very shortly and probably by the time this podcast airs <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay. images like that will be automatically flagged and blocked. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, so if, if, uh, if there was a nude picture coming through the AI that we're using, will say, Oh, that's a nude picture. And it doesn't matter the context. Boom. That's not coming through. And uh, so we're, we're using some of that technology for good to say, mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's filter out the 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 bad language. Let's filter out the inappropriate images. Okay, so that AI that technology exists with AI to to recognize a nude photo and remove it. Hundred percent. So why doesn't Snapchat or Meta use that? 
That's a that's a great question. <laughs> Not for you, but I'm just saying there's so much um, inappropriate nude content on those yeah. platforms that does not get removed. So, Meta, please respond. <laughs> okay, so just a question I had. I noticed all of the kids say phone products are Samsung devices. So can you explain to me why we can't get an iPhone that can be stripped down away yes. the way a Samsung can? Yep. And it has everything to do with the fact that Samsung devices are on Android. It really has to do with Android as opposed to Samsung. Okay. So Android is an open source operating system. So we took Android and to create the experience that, that we wanted, uh, you know, completely safe, bulletproof, safe listing of contacts. Mm-hmm. The ability to manage, you know, to custom fit the device to the child, uh, you know, through the parent portal. All, we built about 10 million lines of code on top of Android. Apple doesn't make iOS available for developers to work with in that fashion. So with Apple, you, you, you know, it's the old, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. You know, and so there's there's very limited limited things you can do. There have actually been articles in the Wall Street Journal pointing out uh, the loopholes, the ineffectiveness of some of Apple's controls, and and so as as we're approaching this uh, this need you know, the market has to have a, a safe approach, we had to go Android. In, in order to have the the power and the flexibility that uh, that we needed, and then we use Samsung devices, you know, because it's a it's a reliable brand. It's also a brand that kids don't bristle at. You know, every kid wants an iPhone. Right. Every kid wants an iPhone. Like that's that's a fact, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. if they can't have an iPhone, Samsung is it's actually the best selling phone in the world. Yeah. You know, if you go to a global level, it's the number one selling phone. Um, and, and it's a brand the kids can go, yeah, okay, I don't have an iPhone, but I have a Samsung. Right. Okay. So of the kids say phones that I reviewed, Trumi is the only one that offers a web browser or the opportunity to add a web browser. So can you tell me about the decision to offer a web browser and how you're able to keep uh, kids off inappropriate websites? Yeah. So what, we, what we've really felt good about is, is being able to, it's recognizing that there are nine out of 10 websites I wouldn't want my kid going to, mm-hmm. but there are some websites that are fantastic, you know, both mm-hmm. for the educational content or for the utility of, hey, their sports team organizes their schedule through this website, whatever those things are. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there are some sites that I want my kids to have access to, but I don't want them to have free reign of just surfing the internet, right? both from a content perspective, and that's not how I want them spending their time. So what we did is we created uh, something called, it's our Kids Smart Browser, where there's no search functionality within the browser. When you open the browser, there's no search bar. You cannot type in a domain. Hmm. You can't type in a search phrase. Rather, you get a drop down of the sites that are available that your parent inside the parent portal has pre-selected. And that could be three sites or it could be 50 sites, depending again on the, on the family's uh, needs and, and what their goals are and what that child's specific needs are. So I can, I can very confidently say to my 14-year-old daughter, yeah, you've got the Kids Smart Browser and she can go to the sites that she needs um, and anything on the domains that I've approved, she can go to. 
if she were to receive a link, let's say someone texted her mm-hmm. and said, hey, look at this YouTube video. Well, YouTube is not one of the sites that we've approved. So if someone, if she clicked on a link for YouTube, she'd get a little message that comes up that says, whoops, it looks like that site isn't approved. End of story. And it, that content is not coming through. Okay. Kids can often be uh, smarter than us when it comes to using technology, being that we didn't grow up with this type of technology. And you hear a lot of parents complain that, you know, the kids found their way around all my parental controls. So how sure are we that the kids, like how locked down, is there any way that my kid would get on there and be able to access a site that's not approved? So I'll give you, I'll give you some, an example of, of how Mm -hmm. secure uh, our technology is. Okay. Uh, and, And we're at the operating system level on purpose. We're not an app. It is the operating system. And, and that's to, to get to a whole nother layer lower in terms of security, uh, mm-hmm. lower in terms of access and, and, uh, and the ability to, to reach it. We had a, a child who is, I don't, I don't even recall the circumstance, but there was a, uh, the need for the police to look at the child's phone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got a phone call from the forensics department of this, of this police organization uh, saying, um, what is this? We can't get in. And, uh, and I said, yes, that's, that's fantastic that you can't get in. And, you right. know, in, given the situation and everything and the, 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 the family, you know, they wanted the police to get in too. And, and, uh, and, you know, we helped the police get the access they needed. But that's how serious we take it is that, you know, a, a police forensics team can't can't get into the get into the phone. That was extremely important to us because as we were developing the product, I had a 17 year old kid in a focus group mm-hmm. tell me about being able to go into any high school in, and find the, the high school iPhone hacker. Give them your iPhone and 100 bucks. And at the end of the day. You can do whatever you want and your parents have no idea. Yeah, with an iPhone. With, yeah, with, the, with an iPhone. And, mm-hmm. and so that was, that was part, of, part of our goal from the start was this has got to be, this has got to be rock solid. Okay. Uh, and then we have a team of, of, you know, a technology team that's constantly, uh, as, as the Android operating system changes, as the apps mm-hmm. that we have made available through our app library, we have a, a, a library of apps that we've pre-vetted, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're constantly monitoring those. So then if anything does change, then we're making right. the response necessary on our end. Or frankly, there have been cases where we've removed an app where, mm-hmm. hey, before, you know, it was completely secure. Now they've changed X, Y, or Z where we don't have that confidence and we'll, you know, we've, we've taken that down. Okay. And so even if that was already on a kid's phone, it would have been removed from your end. Correct. Yeah. Parents have the ability to completely manage their their child's device. At a global level, we have the Mm -hmm. ability to manage all Trumi phones by way of what apps are or are not available. Okay. Okay, great. This isn't related to your product specifically, but a hot topic around the world right now is phones in schools and specifically schools banning 
cell phone use. As you know, an industry expert on phone use for kids, I'm wondering what your opinion is on this. Um, right now, it's about 80% of U.S. schools have prohibited non-academic use of phones during school hours, and one in four countries have laws or policies banning phones in schools. I posted about this on Instagram, and there's over 3 million views on it right now as of today. Um, And there are some strong opinions on all sides. So I'm wondering what just your opinion is on on phones in schools and whether or not there should be phone bans. There are strong, strong opinions on both sides of that. And frankly, I can argue both sides of that. Um, yeah, you know, I, can, mm-hmm. I can I can see the the, the pros. Uh, I can see the cons. Uh, I think personally, I go to my my own kids' experience, and we live in an area where phones have not been banned. Okay, and in fact, the kids are frequently asked to, "Hey, get out your phones and scan this QR code. Get out your phones and pull up this website." And in fact, if I get complaints about the web from from my daughter who's fourteen, it's they're asking me to do something that I can't do on my phone. And I'm like, sorry, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so, okay. you know, there are, we, we see, we see phones being involved uh, in the classroom. That's got to come with etiquette. You know, I, I, cer- mm-hmm. I certainly believe that if, if phones are a distraction to the learning process uh, and that can't be, if that's not being dealt with effectively on a, on a one-on-one basis, then absolutely uh, I personally believe, you know, they sh- they should not be a distraction to the to the to the classroom. I don't know. At least the the way I've personally experienced it with our school districts, uh, I haven't seen the negative, but I I know other school districts have. Yeah, I've gotten several re- reports to me similar to what your daughter shared that they were required to use their phone in class, or even required to set up a social media profile for a class, or. You know, we only communicate via Instagram and had people complain to me about these stories that they didn't want to have to set that up or they don't want to have to use their technology. I absolutely disagree with that. Right. I'm interviewing a a gal um, in a graduate program that is required to have social media to communicate. And we're going to dig into that topic a bit more. So, but with the Trumi phone, a lot of that functionality would not be available within school. Correct. So yeah, if there was a, if a teacher is saying you have to have an Instagram account, I've got fundamental concerns with that to begin with. Um, But then the uh, the Instagram is not an app that can ever, ever appear on a Trumi phone. It's just not possible. Uh, We, we, that's, Mm -hmm. that's one of those lines that we draw. Uh, We do not do social media apps on, on Trumi phones. And I assume you can scan a QR code, but it probably won't be able to pull up the the website, unless it's approved. Unless, unless it's pre-approved, yeah. And, and, and right. frankly, a lot of our parents uh, opt not to have any internet access at all. And, and that's great. And that mm-hmm. comes down to, uh, to, again, to the needs and the maturity of the child and what the family's preferences are. For those families that do want their kids to start having that experience, then they can have it in a, in a safe, structured way. Absolutely. You know, we, we touched on some of this. Uh, I didn't get into mm-hmm. any of the statistics, uh, but I might just, mm-hmm. you know, touch on this at the end and, and kind okay. of in the, in the invitation to parents to be intentional. You know, uh, I say frequently when I speak that just because everyone else is doing it was never the right reason to do anything. <laughs> you know, so as right. it comes to this question of kids and phones, 
uh, be purposeful, be intentional, find the solution that's right for your family that gives kids what they need without all the, the garbage that, that they don't need. The studies now, the evidence now are, are irrefutable. The more time the kids spend aimlessly uh, on social media, on screens, uh, the less positive that is for their mental health. Yep. You know, in terms of just a, a, an alarming, alarming trend, you know, between 2009 and 2018, the APA reports a 52 percent increase in major depressive symptoms among U.S. Mm -hmm. teens. I was at a, a conference recently where uh, the, the experts were sharing data that if you have a room of 100 teenagers in the United States, 25 of them are suffering from significant mental health challenges, and only five of them are getting the, the attention they need. And, and I just... Phones, phones and technology are going to be part of life. Kids have to find the positive there, but it's keeping them away from the phone or technology as the default lifestyle. And I'll take you one up on those, those stats too. So there was a report recently, 20% of U.S. high schoolers have attempted suicide in the last year. It's just, it's a life and death. I mean, that's why I named this scrolling to death because yeah. it's life and death in a lot of cases. I'm talking with a mom next week whose son died by suicide after getting cyberbullied through an anonymous app linked up to Snapchat. And so these stories are real and yeah. it is all about being intentional and putting in the work like you talked about. It's not a set it and forget it kind of thing. You're not going to gift your kid a phone for Christmas and then never think about it again. You have to be checking in on the portal, knowing what they have access to, approving things, monitoring. Then you will be successful together. And it's there's nothing more important than your time spent doing that for your kid's mental health. <laughs> so you can't be hands off. Yeah, you don't you don't get your kid uh, a car and say have at it. You know, there's a mm -hmm. there's a significant training process, and even after they have their license, that training process continues. You don't stop worrying about mm -hmm. them driving after they they have their license. You you you're you're constantly involved. It's the it's the same principle. Yeah. You don't get your kid like a convertible, you know, fancy convertible car right away. You start them off with a clunker because <laughs> they're going to crash it. The 1998 <laughs> Honda Accord. That's the... Uh... Mine, was a, <laughs> mine was a, oh gosh, what year was it? 94 Honda Civic, I think. I'm, I'm older <laughs> than you are. Uh, my first was a 1981 Pontiac Le Mans and it was... Ooh. It was my, cool. it had been my grandmother's car. <laughs> oh, mine was, mine was a grandma's car as well before me and it was purple and I loved uh, it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and one day our kids will laugh about their silly little kid phones that they started off with or, you know, just like we used to laugh about flip phones. So Bill, thank you so much for joining me. This was really fun. Um, and listeners can visit trumi.com to browse products. And we do have a promo code for $80 off a Trumi phone. And you can use promo code TRUMI80. So TRUMI80. To the listeners, thank you for being part of this conversation. I will continue to bring you experts and information around social media and devices so that we can best prepare our kids for this digitally connected world. So 
Thank you again, Bill, and let's be sure to stay in touch. Thanks, Nikki. Great to be with you.